Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Hello, and welcome to the Vet to Sup podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Vet to Sup podcast is your weekly rundown of all the insane, unbelievable, <laughs> catastrophically crazy shit that has happened in the news. <laughs> Explained by your three funniest friends. Which is what yes. Today we're talking about... Impeachment. The state of the union is wrong. And the Iowa fucking caucuses. Or whatever they are. Whatever that hat was. So should, do we have to get into it? Let's get <laughs> into it. Betches Media presents. Like beer? I don't know if you do. Okay. you like beer, Senator, or not? Um, Mom, I want a vape. Nude pictures of Trump. Come on now. Don't mess with me. The Betches Sup Podcast. How dare you? I think we're going to start with a universal getting us through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is obviously nancy the ripper yes how did we feel i thought it was cool i guess i I had a pretty emotional reaction to it i think it needed to happen yeah well i mean we're obviously going to talk about the state of the union at length but uh i was alarmed during Uh it and Mm -hmm. i felt that she was speaking for me in that moment (laughs) i was at a really low place when we were watching that like i felt really bad yeah and she like it was interesting. She had a couple moments like you could see. She was like visibly reacting in the mm-hmm. background. And I feel like that was a choice. Mm-hmm. And then to rip up the mm-hmm. speech. And, yeah. and the way she introduced introduced him. She didn't yes. do the usual, it is my honor and whatever. Yeah, to, but She's like the president. Here he is. Yeah. It was like he didn't shake her hand, which was like, you're so annoying. Yeah. And then she didn't say, I have the distinct honor and privilege privilege, of announcing the president of the United States, which I'm sure President Trump has no idea that that was supposed to happen. (laughs) Somebody told him later. Yeah. He's probably mad about it now because he heard about it on Fox News that she didn't do (laughs) it. But like he had no idea that that happened. But what I really appreciated about her ripping the paper was that. Um, afterwards, that's all everyone really talked about. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, no one really addressed, like, what he did. And also, um, I don't know. I thought it was cool. And it also just, like, I, I hate, I hated, like, the faux moral outrage afterwards, you know, from, like, Republicans and Fox News commentators. It's like, oh, just shove it up your, more outrage up your ass. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. In this same speech, Rush Limbaugh was given a Presidential Medal of Freedom. So don't talk to me about, like, how things are supposed to be. Like, there's there's literally no moral high ground for them at all. No, but back to what you were saying, I do think it's cool that she kind of wrested the narrative from him because the whole thing was this weird reality TV show performance, this ghastly display. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she she like, (laughs) in in that one moment, all all these things, these manufactured things that he wanted to be the story were taken away and the story was Nancy Pelosi ripped up the speech. And that rocks. Yeah, Yeah. and even like, I remember last month, I think I said on the podcast that I didn't like that she gave away the impeachment pen so publicly. I was Mm -hmm. like, why even give... Republicans that but like after watching that state of the union I turned a corner I'm like bitch can do 
whatever she yes. wants. There is nothing anyone can do now that will. I'm like, because that day had been referred to as like, this is like the best day of his presidency. He's about to be acquitted. He's got a high approval rating. Yeah. yeah. He's going to talk about how great me- the economy is. And I was like, 50% of people are fine with him, even after all of this. Like, there is no respectability. There is nothing no. that we and can I, prevent I, I from like, them being mad. I know we're supposed to be stoic. Like, when they go low, we go high. I think we need to start, like, being less polite and being like, because yeah. they're Stop not gonna, being polite and yeah, start, start getting, getting real. real, Brian. Is that what is that? <laughs> that's the, that's the tagline for the real world. What oh. happens when six people stop being polite and start, and start getting, getting real? I think we need to start getting real. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's tear up speeches, say, like, just save, like, the four, like, the fucking hand wringing, you know? Matt, like, Matt gets filed it. an ethics complaint against her this morning. That is so hilarious. But you know what? I think why is because he was like, and then, so Trump is speaking now, um, just basically, like, thanking all the Republicans. And Matt Getz did get a shout out. I feel he was like, shit, I need my impeachment shout out. And he maybe he's still mad I voted against his Iran powers. Yeah. He yeah. wanted to get on the good side. It's just so funny for anyone who didn't vote to impeach the president to talk about ethics yeah mm-hmm. ripping Absolutely. up a speech like right. it's go I fuck mean, yourself it's psychotic whatever no, yeah go fuck yourself i'm sure nancy's not bothered by it unbothered i, yeah. I don't think that nancy's worried about it <laughs> hey american fever dream listeners i'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift now you can use gift mode on etsy Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Should we do impeachment? Yeah. yeah. Shall we start with the first of three insane topics that we have to talk about? And we'll get into one more thing, but there's another thing happening. Anyways. Yeah. Um. So... The Trump's impeachment trial has officially come to an end. Yes. Um, the Senate delivered its verdict on whether to convict or acquit President Trump yesterday. Um, shocker, they voted to acquit him. As, as much as we knew that this was going to happen, it was still sad. Yeah, I still like, as it was happening, it, it, I just had this feeling of like, damn, like yeah. really nothing matters nothing anymore. Nothing matters. Like, um, this is sad. And it's like, Anyways, so they voted mostly along party lines. However, Senator uh, Mitt Romney of Utah uh, basically surprised everyone. The the White House was more concerned about Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins potentially voting for acquittal. I mean, for conviction. But Mitt Romney came out and did it, and he did it in a really moving way. A lot of people have been um, talking about it. So that means it ended up being 48 senators voting guilty on abuse of power and 52 not guilty. Romney sided with the president on obstruction. Um, so that was 47-53. Um, it would have taken a supermajority of 67 Senate votes to convict him. So had Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski were like, 
wanted to just do like do it anyways because yeah. they thought it was right. They could have right. It's like and not totally. have had the same out and not have had a different outcome. Yeah, it, like you could have just done it to be. I don't know, uh, a moral and upstanding person to uphold your, you know, well, your the, oath the, of office. The thing is, is like, the, Susan Collins, there's been this clip of her on CBS talking about the fact that she um, thinks the president learned a lesson. And uh, sorry, that was my Susan Collins impression. I liked it. It's I like kind it. of shaky, but like yeah. she kind of like weavers in and out. It's kind of like flowy up and down. Like, I think the president will learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. Um but he hasn't because he afterwards he said, I'm not apologizing. It was a perfect call. So he's just going to be a little bit more, you know, I emboldened, I think. after Imagine this. thinking Donald Trump <clears throat> has learned a lesson. There's I know, no right? Way. Like, you, like he, wouldn't ha- is... he wouldn't have failed all these casinos. And I shit. think this morning he probably called China and asked them to dig up dirt on Bernie Sanders. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He has carte blanche to do it now. Mm-hmm. Right. Why wouldn't Any he? Any president does. Mm-hmm. He, why wouldn't he at this point? Yeah. It's like it's no, right. crazy. So people were looking also at Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Cinema of Arizona, both Democrats, um, on whether they would vote to acquit because Joe Manchin is kind of from a purple state and he is a little bit, he's more conservative than most Democrats. Yeah. And Kirsten Cinema is also uh, a purple state. However, neither of them are facing uh, re-election this year, so they kind of they feel like they can get away with it. However, Alabama Democratic Senator Doug Jones also voted to convict him, and he has a tough Senate race coming up this this year. He's, yeah. he's going against Doug Jones, the guy he uh, he beat last time, but mostly because he was uh, like oh, accused Roy pedophile. Moore? Roy I think Moore. he'll go Roy against Moore? him or Jeff Sessions. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Sessions might run for. Sorry, his I said Doug Jones twice. <laughs> it's okay. Doug Jones was not accused of pedophilia. <laughs> Roy Moore was. Roy Moore, his opponent was. Or Jeff Sessions. And oh god, I mean, if it's Jeff Sessions, he might really lose well, well it's, it's hard to say because trump is super super popular in alabama and the, the i feel like the constituents of alabama may remember trump attacking jeff sessions the way he did the way he did yeah um, that is true for recusing himself in the Mueller investigation um but this made romney the first senator in history to vote to convict a president from their own party um and wow. That's a big deal. And he said um, he hasn't slept past 4 a.m. since the Senate impeachment trial began. Should we play a little bit from his yeah. speech? Great. Um, so, yeah, let's play the first clip. The grave question the Constitution tasks senators to answer is whether the president committed an act so extreme and egregious that it rises to the level of a high crime and misdemeanor. Yes, he did. The president asked a foreign government to investigate his political rival. The president withheld vital military funds from that government to press it to do so. The president delayed funds for an American ally at war with Russian invaders. The president's purpose was personal and political. Accordingly, the president is guilty of an appalling abuse of public trust. What he did was not perfect. No, it was a flagrant assault on our electoral rights, our national security, and our fundamental values. Corrupting an election to keep oneself in office is perhaps the most abusive and destructive violation of one's oath of office that I can imagine. 
Wow. Yeah, I mean, show me the lie there. Yeah, there's I mean, obviously a more compelling moment where he gets choked up, but mm-hmm. he's silent, so I didn't think we should pull that yeah. out. Yeah. But he, it's affecting to watch. He's basically just saying, like, I. he's very religious. He's Mormon. He said, I made an oath in front of God to be an impartial juror. And, yeah. you know, um, he made an oath, as he said, in front of God, that he needs to uh, uphold, you know, to be true. And he really cares about that. Um, yeah. Which I guess is admirable. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kept thinking this whole time. Just <laughs> this whole time, I've been thinking about if John McCain had still been there. I yeah. feel like John McCain. I think would he could have pulled, and I well, think John McCain could have pulled people with him. I think in yeah. a way Romney probably can't. Something I heard that was interesting is that you know the two people who have really stuck up to Trump are former presidential candidates. That's interesting. Um, yeah. And they used they used to be like the leader of their party. Yeah, and the, now you can just see how different the Republican Party is from four years ago. You know, what I, I know, mean? right? Like Romney was the candidate in 2012. Mm-hmm. Like that's not that long ago. No, like, I feel like that makes. I mean, so the Trump team is like, well, he's a failed presidential candidate, but I feel mm-hmm. like to Democrats, it's like, I'm thrilled <laughs> because yeah. it's like that's the guy you put up in 2012. Yeah, and that guy yeah. was like, nope. <clears throat> And the only other guy, the only other guy that has really stood up to Trump, you're right, was the other, was John mm-hmm. McCain. I know. and these, So they're willfully, yeah. It makes sense to me because, like, they are two men who have actually considered what being the president means, probably mm-hmm. in a more thoughtful and meaningful way than Donald Trump has even yet <laughs> I don't at know. this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, they've been like, you know what, I want to be president because I have respect for that office. I didn't vote for either of them, but, yeah. Yeah. like... They have respect for the office of the presidency. So following this, there was, uh, you know, all this, you know, pushback from Republicans. They were denouncing him. After he said he would vote for, you know, um, witnesses, CPAC said he wasn't invited to their conservative thing. And Donald Trump Jr. on Twitter tweeted about Mitt Romney. And he said, Mitt Romney is forever bitter that he will never be POTUS. He was too weak to be the Democrats. Then he's... Then so he's joining them now. He's now officially a member of the resistance and should be expelled from the GOP. What's what's funny about that to me is the resistance. I've never heard that as like um, an epithet. It's like Democrats. Yeah. But it's like so you're you're admitting that, that there's like isn't like I always like resistance I, is a good thing. I know. Yeah. I'm like yeah. I immediately go to Star Wars and I'm like right? they are yeah. part of the resistance. I'm like yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't have a negative connotation. Like so, yeah, maybe it does and we don't know about it. I wish I wish. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. is more like Luke Skywalker and yeah. less like Darth Vader. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then <laughs> Donald Trump Jr. also. <laughs> this is insane. This is I, ridiculous. I haven't seen. There, we have a, we're, we have we're a lo- printout of an Instagram photo we, in front guys, of us. have you looked at Donald Trump Jr.'s Instagram account? No, Never. not until today. It Never. is a straight up meme troll account. It is. Every post is a fucking trolling meme. About, there were like six of Nancy. It's crazy. I'm like, what is what is wrong with this person? It's a like, grown man. A grown a man. A grown man. You know, on his we personal some, account. We put some trolling memes on our account. But, yeah. but the thing is, we're, an, we're, we're, a, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're an organization. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's an individual. <laughs> like, have your... Like, and the president's son. And the president's yeah. son. It's and like, the president's son. <laughs> just like a normal person, create a second Insta, a Finsta, if yes. you will. Yes. And, and that's sure. where you should share your memes and direct people from your personal so that you can get some yeah. more followers and the picture like, it's a okay. post of go ahead yeah. you can describe it. so it's he, okay i'm looking at this photo and i'm just thinking mitt romney can get it i thought i mean yeah. i'm like these jeans look amazing he's a look, handsome man he's a handsome dude yeah. like all you know like views aside like object like physically i would fuck him um anyways 
<laughs> sorry. He so that the picture is of him wearing jeans and it says mom jeans because you're a pussy. Which that, is also highly misogynistic. Yeah, yeah, I mean for first of all, if you're a Trump, you want to disassociate yourself from, from the word pussy, yes. I think. I uh, yes. <laughs> Personally, from a PR standpoint. Watch out, your dad's going to grab it. There you yeah. go. I just gave a rebuttal comment. Yeah. yeah, totally. Right. It's so stupid. And it's his, his caption is the same. Um, Donald Trump tweeted, he said, had failed presidential candidate Mitt Romney devoted the same energy and anger to defeating a faltering Barack Obama as he sanctimoniously does to me, he could have won the election. Read the transcripts. That's a, Do- that's a Donald Trump tweet. Yeah. 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 So. Um, so basically the same thing. His niece... Rana McDaniel, who used to go by Rana Romney McDaniel, is the chair of the Republican National Awkward. Committee, uh-huh. and she's been she's been put in between a hard a rock and a hard place this whole entire time, basically since Mitt Romney became a senator. Um, and she said, "This is not the first time it disagreed with Mitt." She doesn't even call him uncle, yeah, yeah. or my uncle, or the senator, yeah. Right? Yeah, and I imagine it. Well, like it's just an it's just in play on a whole different. It's it's just multiple weird. ways. Yeah, it's just right. Weird There's a time just... and place for like uh, uh, implying your casual relationship with somebody, but yeah. this is not it. And so she went on to say, the bottom line is President Trump did nothing wrong, and the Republican Party is more united than ever behind him. I, along with the GOP, stand with President Trump. Um, Trump's press secretary Stephanie Grisham. She noted that Romney is fi- like they keep saying he's a failed presidential candidate, basically, and also she's barely a press secretary because yeah. she holds no press conferences. Um, right? I feel like I've never seen her. I like, know if you, she's if, on Fox. That's the only. If yes. I saw her. if if the press secretary Stephanie Grisham was walking down the street, I wouldn't know a thing. I would know. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. To this I don't press know secretary. her. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just so funny when you think about the past ones were so visible. Like yeah. Sarah Huckabee Sanders mm-hmm. was, was so visible. Sean Spicer. Sean Spicer. Endlessly visible. I would be pissed <laughs> because like she doesn't have a crew. She, she won't be able to go on Dancing with the Stars after this. She won't have the name recognition. Yeah, I don't know if she'll be able to pivot to Dancing with the Stars. I feel, I feel bad for her on that count. Um, uh, there's definitely a chance Trump could uh, support Romney's Republican opponent if he runs for re-election in 2024. But that, I mean, Trump will hopefully not be president by right, that like time. Right, like, you'd have to be real bitter to, like, on your way out. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's leaving. Donald Trump. I yeah. mean, I'm, I, no he matter what happens. He tweeted a picture this morning of that time cover that says he'll be president forever. Yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, yeah. he literally just uh, took away uh, global, global entry <laughs> for New York because he, mm-hmm. like, that he has, he's in a fight with Andrew Cuomo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now none of us can have global entry. In yeah. Park. And it's like the, uh, he, he, they, they cite it as because we are a sanctuary state. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's other sanctuary cities and sanctuary states. So. Imagine doing that to your own hometown. Well, I'll just fly in and out of Newark. You know, like, whatever. New, New Jersey is like, that's just But I think you can't apply as a New York resident. Oh. You can't because get yeah, global... Yeah, whatever yeah i'll wait it's fine it's fine you can still do tsa pre but global entry you you can like get through customs faster and stuff yeah Yeah. which sounds nice so this morning trump spoke on impeachment for the first time he didn't bring it up during the state of the union um and he was at the national prayer breakfast and first he showed all these newspaper headlines that said acquitted on them and then he spoke about it, and it was oh, quite disturbing. Country. So we actually have that clip. And your president have been put through a terrible ordeal by some very dishonest and corrupt people. They have done everything possible 
to destroy us and by so doing very badly hurt our nation. They know what they are doing is wrong, but they put themselves far ahead of our great country. Weeks ago and again yesterday, courageous Republican politicians and leaders had the wisdom, fortitude, and strength to do what everyone knows was right. I don't like people who use their faith as justification for doing what they know is wrong. Nor do I like people who say, I pray for you, when they know that that's not so. He sounds terrible. Yeah, I haven't I hadn't heard this. He's gotten scarier. Also, that is frightening. When I heard that, yeah. I was like, this is... This I is don't like, like people that... Yeah, well, they are... They are, It's a terrible... Like, something terrible has happened to your president. He's speaking about himself in the third yeah. person. A, that always freaks me out. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, B... You know, he calls them corrupt and dishonest people, and he has the most fanatical following. As we I, speak, they are, are clearing out Adam Schiff's office because there's reports of, like, an unknown dangerous substance. It, exactly. As we like, speak. He's putting members of Congress and the and Senate in danger. And he's speaking at the National Prayer Breakfast. I thought this was about, I'm no Christian, but you think it would be about forgiveness? Isn't that not the, the staple of it? Yeah, I think, but uh, wasn't it his first National Prayer Breakfast? He just went on a crazy rant about Arnold Schwarzenegger's low ratings <laughs> as, as the new host of The Apprentice. Oh, so yes. he, he doesn't have like a huge respect for the National Prayer Breakfast. Speaking of ratings, you know, 20% down, <sighs> so too. Anyways, um, and then he out like just basically calls out Mitt Romney saying, I don't like people who use their faith as a, uh, faith as a justification, which is crazy because Mitt Romney is so popular among the religious right. So it's like people and people don't people believe Mitt Romney. That quote is also absurd. If that is true, then I look forward to his denunciation of attacks on reproductive rights that are religion based. Yeah. Right? Every basically he needs to reevaluate all of his policies if he yeah. thinks that's his that's his point of view. Yeah. It's very funny. So the Washington Post added up some interesting information about how representative senators who opposed impeachment are actually. So in the Senate, nearly 69 million votes were cast for senators who supported removing Trump from office based on that first article of impeachment. About 12 million more votes than were received by senators who opposed his removal. So, you know... We have more. We have the the minority. We have my minority rule is basically yes. in terms of that. I uh, saw I saw s- several stats that said eighteen million. Mm-hmm, but I saw Washington that as well. Post had twelve, and yeah. I believe them. But I I I bet that eighteen million number is based on different. Is probably not that far off. It's still a significant yes, number. Yes, ten, ten, basically tens <laughs> of millions. Yeah. I yeah. feel like this entire week I'm like so radicalized. I'm like abolish the Senate, get mm-hmm. rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. <laughs> I'm like, uh, it. it is crazy, though, that, like, because Republicans control the Senate and the states that they represent are less populous than the states that Democrats represent, it, like, has created a minority rule situation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's not, like, that. Is, that is bad. Like, we, like we're not supposed college. to have that. No, that's... Right. But that's what democracy means, you know? It's, it's, it's crazy. But we're a republic. Yeah. Yeah. So after the vote, uh, Democrats suggested that our Republican colleagues told them privately that they believed the president was guilty, but that they voted out of fear for what would happen if they broke with a very popular party leader. 
it's like, okay, great. I'm glad that in private you um, are able to say what's right, but that doesn't matter because you have to do it publicly. <laughs> doesn't, I, I don't know what you're saying in private. Yeah. But um, so Senator Sherrod Brown. I love Sherrod Brown. Me too. His way. wife is fire on Twitter too. Really? Well, there yeah. was, I love his gravelly voice. You know, there was talks that he would run for president. I know. I'm kind of st- Still sad that he didn't, but I'm sure he did whatever. Was he the one who? Did you see that video of Kamala like kind of goofing off behind Chuck Schumer? I didn't. I see think the it was video. with Sherrod Brown. She was like messing with his like collar. It was really cute. And then Schumer's like, shh. Yeah, she's like, yeah. Not the point, but Kamala looked great at the state of the union. She, she did. She looked she gorgeous. Always, she was glowing. She was thriving. Mm-hmm. She was glowing. She was glowing <laughs> while scowling, which is a yes. real feat. So Sherrod Brown, Senator Sherrod Brown, he wrote that they are afraid that Mr. Trump might give them a nickname like Low Energy Jeb <laughs> and Lion Ted. Mini or that Mike. he might tweet. Little Marco. I can't. Yeah. That is his best work. Little Little Marco is yeah. his best work. Is it Lil Marco? Like L-I-L Marco? Or is it Little Marco? He said Little, but okay. Lil is also fun. I do miss. Lil he, Marco. He did He did change his nickname from Adam Schiff. It used to be Adam Shit, which I thought was hilarious. Little Adam Shit, yes. And now it's, what is it now? Shifty Schiff. Um, and so he's all, like, because Trump is a very cruel person and he has a massive reach. And uh, when you offend Trump, you don't just offend him. Fox News comes after you. Conservative radio comes after you. And Twitter comes after you. And we already see that happening to Mitt Romney. Yeah. (sighs) I mean, I'm glad Mitt Romney did what he did. I don't... I I feel... I feel bad that Doug Jones doesn't get more praise when he actually, like... Mm -hmm risked a lot more with yeah. his vote to, yeah. like to convict. Yeah, like Mitt Romney is rich and very popular in Utah. He's going to be fine. It obviously, He's going to be fine. It took a certain amount of courage and conviction to do what he did. But at the same time, he also did it knowing, number one, it's he's not going to be the vote that removes the president from office. It's exactly. not the same as like, the gold standard to me, John McCain, yeah. thumbs yeah. downing the skinny repeal when it's like, that was a decision where he was like, no, I am actually going to stop yeah. something bad from happening. Not that Mitt, Mitt Romney couldn't make 16 it's, other senators do it, but it's like. Yeah. And, you know, Doug Jones, I mean, they're going to attack him in Alabama ads and about this now that he voted mm-hmm. for this. But even if he voted to acquit him, they were still going to attack him the same amount. Yeah. Yeah. I, he's a de- yeah. He's a Democrat from Alabama. Yeah. He's, it's like he like it's like he can either just like stay with his party who, and get their good get more of their support. Because also, like, they just wouldn't talk about him. They'd just be like, Democrats voted to impeach President Trump. We need a a Republican senator. Like, you know what I mean? And just not mention that he didn't. Right. And also, Mitt Romney's running in 2024, and I think Doug Jones is running this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Doug Jones, like, actually probably took the hardest vote. Yeah. And actually, like, and really, if we're talking about putting country over party, like, and personal politics, mm-hmm. he really did that. Yeah. I, Not I that Mitt Romney didn't. What I understand is, you know, like we said before, Susan Collins is up for re-election this year, and she's talked about knowing what the president did was wrong, and yet she still didn't vote to convict him. I don't see how that helps her in her re-election at all. I don't understand the whatever game Susan Collins is playing in her mind, I do not understand the rules. I'm, di- I'm tired <laughs> of her. Oh, very tired. <laughs> I'm ready for her Quite to go. tired. Yeah. Well, luckily, like, we are going to be launching our, like, big 2020 voting initiative soon. And part of what we're trying to focus on is that, like, we all live in New York. And it, it can get frustrating to live in a state that's blue. Like, we're probably going to have, we're going to have Democratic senators. We're yeah. going to go blue. But there are so many places where you can actually 
sort of adopt a different person, like Doug Jones, who mm-hmm. he needs my help probably more than Kirsten Gillibrand. Like mm-hmm. all I gotta do for her is vote. Yeah. Like I don't know if she needs my money. She would probably disagree, of course. Yeah. But part of that <laughs> is we want to make sure we're giving people resources. Like if you do have spare change or you have time to canvas or the money to travel and go help a candidate, like yeah. we'll calling sort of, or texting yes. for candidates. Also, you can do that remotely. Exactly. And we'll we can sort of we'll be sharing races that you can sort of take on um, to maximize your impact on 2020. So we can keep people like Doug Jones. Where yeah. They need to be. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely, this is something that I remember Brian, you did during and, and encouraged all of us to do during the midterms, but uh, pick like a, pick like a pet Senate yeah. and pet house race. Even if like, obviously if you have one in your hometown, then focus all your energy there. But if you are, like us, you're in New York, you're trapped, you don't have global entry, you can't get anywhere. (laughs) You can pick like a pet Senate race or a pet house race or even like a pet local election that you're like, I'm going to try to help with. Mm -hmm. Guys, I think we're going to take a quick break because I have to run out. Oh my God. The rest of the episode. Do you want to tell them what you're doing? Our our listeners might care. Yeah, so I am, for those of you who don't know, I am the senior video producer here at Betches Mm -hmm. as well as a co-host of the Betches Up podcast, which means... Um, and we have a celebrity in the office right now, and I need to go run. And uh, it's Joey Sasso. Joey Sasso. Joey from the circle, you guys. The yeah. circle. I was very the lead. I was building, building up to oh, it. Oh, I wasn't. I was like, Brian, tell them it's Joey. I'm just Joey. waiting for them to come get you. It's like, but it's Joey from the circle. No, someone, someone, someone just waved at me. Which I but, only watched ten minutes of the circle, but when I knew it was, jo- I was like, well, I'm thrilled it's Joey. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna go do that. Um, Thanks, Brian. Have a great. Rest of the pod, right. guys. The president remains the third president in United States yeah. history to be impeached. Yes. And then Brian Russell Smith. TLDR. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so should we move on to last night's State of the Union? Yes. <laughs> Reluctantly. I, I suppose yeah. we should. Um, so the night before his acquittal, Trump delivered quite a spectacle State of the Union, as we said, that included no references to impeachment. I... Read that he wanted to talk about it, but his staff was like, nah, just don't. Um, it was definitely a made for TV yeah. State of the Union. It, oh, boy. And not a, it was weird to watch. He Horrible. reunited a military family, he gave out a scholarship, he gave out a presidential freedom award, which we'll get to. He like talked about a veteran of color for like 20 minutes while just like bookending it with like what he else he had done for people of color. It was weird and I, hard like, to watch. I truly was like, he's going to release balloons. Like something's <laughs> going to, like this is crazy. It was, it made me feel freaked out while I was watching it because it really felt, there, there are so many moments that have been so crazy, but for some reason that speech and the way all of the reality TV show-ness of it made me feel like I was like, oh, we're like through the looking glass. Like this is scary. <laughs> It felt like like a Back to the Future parody of America where we have this horrible reality show president and he's saying all these things that aren't true and getting a standing ovation every two seconds. And and like in unison, they would yes. rise. It was like fucking North Korea. If you watch YouTube videos of like what it's like when Kim Jong-un speaks, it looks like that. Yes, it was the standing ovations were crazy. It was truly every single line yeah. they would stand. And they are definitely way too frequent in most State of the Unions, but this was another level. It was, yeah, I wanted like someone. It was two hours. Someone, not me, to do an analysis of how many standing ovations there were. Because it was, I felt like he, it was for every single line that he said. Right. It was crazy. Well, also because like he, the man is so unhealthy, he can't breathe when he talks. So he would just pause and they're like, okay. Standing ovation. Right. Yeah. So. 
probably most the most offensive thing he did. I don't even know if you could say that. There were so many offensive things. But he gave um, the Presidential Medal of Freedom to conservative radio host Rush Limbaugh, who uh, is currently dying of advanced lung cancer, which you obviously don't wish on anybody. Also, when they gave it, can I just say that when they gave yes. it to him right there, I was like, oh, my. They're like, Melania has the medal. She's doing. I was like, what is I know. going on? This is a circus. And also, Rush Limbaugh is sitting there pretending to be surprised when he knew he was invited to receive the right, award. Right. Like and and as he was coming into the State of the Union, some a reporter was like, "Hey, Rush, That's you're going to get the, you're going to get the Medal of Freedom." And he was like, "I know." And <laughs> he's so stunned. And then he acted it's like Taylor Swift getting album of the year. Yeah, so surprised. Yeah. So surprised. Me? Oh, who me? It was Ugh, it's rough. So the Presidential Medal of Freedom established in 1963 by JFK. It goes to good, good people mostly. I mean, you know, presidents use it to sort of show their values. So there have been recipients that probably I don't we don't share their values. Um, but former recipients include George O'Keefe, Rosa Parks, Neil Armstrong, Stephen Hawking, Ellie Wiesel, Mother Teresa, Maya Angelou, Martin Luther King Jr. And now Rush Limbaugh. <sighs> Limbaugh, if you didn't know, is an extreme racist and sexist. I was like trying to find like a minute long compilation maybe of like shit he says. But on YouTube, all of the compilations of him being racist are so long that they're like 30 minutes that I didn't have time to watch. To and find it's also like just disturbing. Like I, I would be, I like looked him up and I, to try to see some of his yeah. stuff he said in the past. And I was like, I don't want to hear this. Exactly. Like I don't want this poison in my ears. Yeah. Yeah. He basically fueled the racist claim that Obama wasn't born in the U.S., constantly he also like did that to sell books pretended that um he just says terrible he he used to be a sports commentator and just said really heinous things about black athletes he's questioned why native americans would dare be concerned about ethnic cleansing because uh, they have casinos now he also i was watching something where he wondered aloud why we don't seek reparations from native americans because they introduced us to smoking tobacco and he wow. referenced specifically lung cancer and galaxy i don't know, brain i don't know how he rush got it, limbaugh yeah, yeah what he, a genius he really got us there he referred to chelsea clinton as the white house dog I think when she was a child, he mocked cool. Michael J. Fox. All of that. So it's for having Parkinson's. He also um, called when there was that case of a girl who wanted Sandra to, Fluke. Yes, he called Sandra Fluke a slut for just wanting for wanting birth, birth control. control. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's well. When I was fifteen and had cystic hormonal acne and wanted birth control, I was really just a yeah, slut. <laughs> yeah, very slutty. So, like we were saying, this was hard to watch because it was basically all lies. Yes, and. It's a not. I mean, obviously, people fact check them after, but like, I think as I was watching, like I said, it's like today's the day that he has his highest approval rating, and he's just lying. And like, none of nothing he ever does tonight, like from moving on, like who's ever going to be like, oh, I was fine with the pussy grabbing, I was fine with the kids in cages, I was fine with, but it wasn't until he did this. Like, I feel yeah. like anyone who's done with him is done with him, and we're not going to get any more people. Like, we just have to turn out ourselves. Yeah, it's it. It really scared me because it was clearly a campaign speech. And this is and this is the difficulty of running against an incumbent president. He was able to broadcast a campaign speech full of lies, but he was able to broadcast it to the entire nation. And the Democrat, like whoever ends up being our nominee, like they're never going to be able to command that, you right. know, like they're never going to be able to do that. They can't have a state of the union. Of their own. They can do the response, which is always weird. I thought Gretchen Whitmer did good, but yeah. it was, it's just always weird. And also it was like, I, I was super game to watch it, but then everyone was losing their shit over Nancy the Ripper. Yes. That I was kind of like, 
half paying attention. Um, but most of what he did was he paid a lot of attention to the economy. Yeah. And fact checking everything he said, my general impression is that most of the things that he says, well, not necessarily a lot of it's straight up wrong, but almost all of it takes root with things Obama did. And we've been on an upward trajectory since then. Yes. And it's just clear that this is a continu- continuation of that. So he said, let's go through some of I mean, when I went through like Washington Post and CNN did fact checks, dozens, dozens. And we don't have the time because I don't know if you know, it's a busy news week. He said, I am thrilled to report to you tonight that our economy is the best it has ever been. The economy's good, but it's not necessarily historically good. Um, our unemployment rate right now is 3.5%, but in 1953, it was 2.5%. Um, he's never achieved an annual growth rate above 3% for the general economy. There's been, in the 90s, it was better. In the 60s, it was even better. So just like not even close to the truth. Yeah. He said, from the instant I took office, I moved rapidly to revive the U.S. economy, enacting historic and record-setting tax cuts. Tax cuts. That's not true. It's just not true. <laughs> Ronald Reagan's 1981 tax cut uh, was actually the biggest. His Trump's tax cut is the eighth largest in the past century. So not even near the top. Since my election, we have created 7 million new jobs. Um, he's Since his election, there have been 6.7 million jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's counting this from election day rather than when he took office. So he's like, it's not quite there. This yeah. is probably the closest... The, the most like near truth thing he said. Yes. Um, he said, incredibly, the average unemployment rate under my administration is lower than any administration in the history of our country. So far, that's true. But interestingly about that is that like no president usually makes that claim unless their presidency is over. Like three years in, that's not really something you want to say. Like mm-hmm. things could either go really south or it could get even better. So it's like that him saying that is fine but it's not it's just an unusual thing to say like it's three years in and it's not clear that that's a result of his policies yeah from what i was reading it's clearly not um he said the unemployment rate for disabled americans or americans with disabilities has reached an all-time low that's true but it reached that all-time low in 2008 oh interesting what happened in 2008 yeah Um, this is what he says a lot, that the unemployment rates for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, and Asian-Americans have reached the lowest levels in history. Uh, Can I just say, the way that people of color were used as props during this speech was really weird as well. And it's like, it's hard to even talk about because it's like, you know, he gives a like a young black girl a scholarship it's like obviously I think she should have her scholarship I don't want her to not have one but it's weird to see like it was weird to see that on display and this kind of like very obvious like ploy to try to get people of color to vote for right right and it's like obviously we know nothing about that family and what where their politics are but like it's something like 98 percent of African Americans do not support Trump and like you hear you're good, he's going to give your kid a scholarship. Obviously, you're going to go to the State of the Union. It just felt like it right? it's so like, exploitative. It it really felt weird. And a lot of this stuff, uh, like that, piqued my interest too. Was like how he harped on his Cuba policy, rolling back Obama's Cuba policies, and then having Juan Guaido, the opposition leader from Venezuela, there as one of the special surprise guests. Also crazy, yeah. and that is a very calculated move to to play to Cubans and Venezuelans who are in Florida. Because, mm-hmm. like, this whole speech was his campaign thesis, yeah. basically. <laughs> and they are trying to get Cubans and Venezuelans who are against 
either Maduro or Castro or just like socialist regimes in Latin America in general, because most of that population is like an expat population. So they're not pro these regimes. He's trying to get them to come out and vote for him in Florida. Yeah. So it's like I, I saw that and I was like, ah, I know what you're doing. Yeah. It was weird. It was really mm-hmm. weird. So the claims about unemployment or employment rates among people of color um, there, this is one thing that results pretty much directly from stuff Obama did as well. Like the most dramatic drops happened under Obama. And these are just sort of like it's almost like Obama's policies have been so effective and had such longevity that Trump can, t- can claim credit for them. Yeah. Like that's my impression. Because they continue to have like positive right, effects. Right, right, Yes, exactly. And because like when Trump, when, when Obama took office, like I think that we underestimate depending how old you are and how connected to politics you've been or how much it affected you, like just how bad that was and how much shit plummeted. Yeah. And so it's like we've been on the rise. Like things when things are bad, there's nowhere to go but up. So we've been going that that track for like 12 years now. Right. Because like I was a teenager when the recession was happening. And so it's like I knew it was happening and I knew it was bad. And I would be like, George W. Bush sucks. Right. But like I didn't understand what a subprime mortgage crisis was, how that how that worked, what happened. Like, there it, there was no understanding. Right, or, like, what, you know, unemployment rates and job numbers actually meant. I mean, I still find them difficult to parse. Um, he said that under my administration, 7 million Americans have come off food stamps, and this is the one that made me probably the most mad, because that's because you kicked them off of food stamps. Yes. Your fucking policies with, the like, requiring people to have jobs now. Yeah. And letting he, states like, make that requirement. It's absurd. He, they are not on food stamps because you he will not off. give them the food stamps. Right. It's not because they don't need them. Ugh. Crazy. Right. That is so gross. Yeah. And generally, the number of people collecting benefits had been sort of declining. And also, there's a theory that um, immigrants that who normally would collect benefits are not anymore because they're scared of interacting with their state government in any way I would at all. Be. Yeah, absolutely. I would be. I would not want them to have my name, my address, right. my family. No. Yeah. Unless they're going to have me at the State of the Union and like yeah, give, and give me, me citizenship, yeah, yeah, and give me a gift, <laughs> <laughs> and give me the president yeah. of the State of the Union. But okay. I think perhaps the most offensive lie was that uh, was President Trump's claim that he will always protect patients with pre-existing condition when his administration is actively trying to take away those protections. Yeah, like his administration is currently challenging Obamacare in courts every single day, which if it was struck down would remove the the protections for pre-existing conditions. So he actually is not protecting them at all. Right, right. So it looked like going through all of this, there are some things that his base will eat up and that even just moderates that are happy about the economy that like, I don't think they really are like, okay, but that was Obama. They're like, as long as it's still fine, as long as it's still going well and Trump's not hurting it, which there are many signs that he is actually, yeah. um, that's fine. But yeah, it's just, and then, you know, the other 50% is just straight up lies claiming, claiming, claiming he's doing things that he's actually actively working against. I know, which is what's so scary. Exactly. Like, that's the why lies. the speech, There is no truth. Yeah, like that's, I think, why the speech just left me feeling so freaked out. Because I've watched all of his State of the Unions, but none of them ever left me feeling the way this one left me with, where I was like, whoa, that was alarming. Yeah. Like, the the level, the, the number of lies, the reaction in the chamber, the weird presentation of all of it, like, it just left me feeling yeah. freaked It was icky. Out. I think that's why I, when Romney voted to convict I felt very happy 
Because yeah. it was just like the, I didn't expect that. And it means that forever Democrats can say this, it was a bipartisan vote to convict. I think it's, yeah. a, I think it makes a huge difference in yeah. how this looks to history. Like there was one, like it, you, it, they could spin it a totally different way if it was completely partisan, if it was only Democrats. If I find, you know, a hundred years from now, I'm reading about something, I'm probably going to assume that like, I don't know. Am I going to read that much about it? It's like, oh, well, if, if, if it was really that partisan, then maybe he didn't do anything wrong. But I think the fact that one person came over yeah. is huge. Yeah. And I think that I think that what happened with the Republicans during this trial and like the way that they essentially rigged this trial and how it went down, I think that that will be the story of this impeachment. Like that will make it into history books down the line assuming we still have books or <laughs> books, history at all books won't be allowed <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> so that was yeah so let's make that his final state of the union yes that would be that would be great i would love to never watch him do that again hey there overwhelmed foodies are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same with the same fish picture Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef design recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Should we talk about the Iowa caucus? I can't even believe I know. that we still have to talk about the Iowa caucus. When we recorded on Monday and I was like, let's not do a title about the Iowa caucus because so, nobody's going to care by Thursday. It's going to be so old. Little did we know. Yeah. Um, so, wow. Where do, where where do you even begin? Uh, the Iowa caucus was a complete clusterfuck of incompetence. Uh, as of yesterday, with 96% reporting, Pete Buttigieg had a narrow lead over Bernie Sanders. Pete had 550 delegates. Sanders had 400, had 447 delegates. But Bernie leads in the popular vote because for... Whatever reason, none of our elections are real. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> some reason, the popular vote is not just the vote. It makes no sense. But anyway, Elizabeth Warren in third with 381 delegates and Joe Biden in fourth with 331 delegates, which is considered a very bad showing for yeah. Joe Biden. But just as we were coming in to record the podcast today, Tom Perez head of the DNC, tweeted the following. <clears throat> enough is enough. In light of the problems that have emerged in the implementation of the delegate selection plan and in order to assure public confidence in the results, I am calling on the Iowa Democratic Party to immediately begin 
a re-canvas. A re-canvas is a review of the worksheets from each caucus site to ensure accuracy. The IDP will continue to report results. The worksheets. <laughs> this is second grade. I know. Can I get so another worksheet? basically, they're recounting everything because things went so poorly that the numbers that were coming in, I was actually reading this New York Times article that was basically saying, like, the numbers that they reported, these Buttigieg, Sanders, Warren, all these numbers were like there were major inaccuracies like they straight up like don't some of them like don't add up right yeah they were saying like precincts weren't adding up properly a lot of them there's some weird math that goes into figuring out how the delegates are allotted and you just have random people doing that math some of them did the math wrong they had issues where like what was being reported was di- the precincts were like, no, that person didn't win our caucus. So it's, wow. yeah, like it's really not good. And the results, that's crazy. Yeah, to say nothing of like, the last thing the Iowa caucus needed was like this much attention on how it actually works. Yeah. Because I think so many people, more people were paying attention because things were going so crazy that like maybe you wouldn't have seen had it not gone so badly that like oh you know that if there's a tie there's a coin toss yeah I think um I think Iowa as first is in a lot of trouble and I don't know if that's gonna keep happening a lot of jokes and memes about about how inadequate this was and like obviously nobody's mad at Iowans it's just the fact that it's the party it's that this party yeah yeah, right I mean my heart breaks for the people that have been in Iowa for months and months maybe even a year working on a campaign they're passionate about for this moment because the point of it is that like if you can pull off a, a win it's a big bounce but I think that bounce is just completely oh it's ruined annihilated no one's nobody's no one's getting that bounce no. it doesn't even like it at this point it's it's such a mess it's like whether Pete actually won or it does become Bernie like nobody it doesn't matter right. the story the story out of the Iowa caucus isn't who won it's right. that it was a clusterfuck so let's Let's go through what happened. So basically, everything was going normally until it came time at the end of the night for the precinct captains to report their results using this app. The app was new. It had just been developed by the Democratic Party and some company called Shadow Inc., which is insane. (laughs) Uh, and they had never used it before. Never used it before. The app doesn't work because that's what happens with new apps. Yeah. They don't work for a while. Yeah. <laughs> like, so the Democratic Party basically decides, okay, we're going to beta test this app on the Iowa caucus. Then, you know what? There's a backup method. That's fine. They have phone lines. So people, what, what used to happen is that people would call in their results after their precinct was done. So these people are like, okay, fine, we'll call. The phone lines end up getting completely backed up because they were so confident about this app nobody's fucking used that they like they didn't have enough people manning the phone lines. So then we get in a situation where people are waiting hours in like on the phone line. Some people just hung up and were like, whatever, I'll call in the morning. Right. Some people were taking photos of these worksheets, because I guess they're all these worksheets, and texting them to the, like, Iowa Democratic Party. So it was, it just became chaotic, because they had no plan to get these results Thank God in. turnout was low. 
I know. Can you so, imagine? So turnout was on par with 2016, and they've been hoping yeah. they were hoping that it would be like 2008, which was really like that was like record turnout. Um, a bunch of crazy stuff happened. The, I, I pulled this from a New York Times article. Bill Broch, caucus chair for Precinct 59 in Des Moines at Des Moines University, said that the app glitched on Monday night after working before, and when the Iowa Democratic Party told him to uninstall and reinstall the app <laughs> minutes before the caucus began, he was unable to because he forgot his Apple password. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, literally the plan for the Iowa caucus was to have a bunch of mostly like old baby yeah, boomers who live in digital Iowa natives. Yeah. to use an app. A bad app. A bad app that doesn't work. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's really crazy. And I, I genuinely do feel bad for Pete Buttigieg and uh, Bernie Sanders. We don't know. We don't really, we don't really know which one of them won yet. If they did, it's like, Whoever did, it's by a hair. But, like, especially for Pete Buttigieg, because Bernie has a lot of momentum. He has a frontrunner status. Obviously, winning Iowa, that's what you want to do. But, like, what it would have done for Pete's campaign to have it been called for him that night and to have him be able to give a victory speech that night, like... He right. can't he's not going to get that moment. Totally. And that's why I mean, he was getting a lot of shit for making a victory speech. And I felt like that was weird, too. But I mean, strategically, it was good because I don't think it gave him I don't think he recovers from what happened. But I think it's better for him that he did than he didn't for his yeah. supporters. I think once I, I think the person who played this whole thing the smartest was Amy Klobuchar totally. because so she like technically came in uh, under Joe Biden, yeah. but she did well for like what she was expecting and she came out and spoke really fast and I think that did good to give an impression of like I feel like in people's minds they think Joe Biden lost the Iowa caucus and they don't even maybe realize that he actually did get more delegates than Amy Klobuchar yeah and then Joe Biden was like Joe Biden spoke next and he was like and then I'm going to Iowa or going to New Hampshire like I don't want to talk about this uh (laughs) at all so Joe Biden definitely did badly but it would have been way worse if the results had come out that night. Like, I don't yeah, like I, agree. I, think, I if, think that it, it like you were saying, I think it, it hurts the top tier people in that state. And maybe like maybe it helped because it's like he can just say like, well, Iowa was such a mess. What's it even matter? Yeah, it's like, oh, well, we don't even know what happened in Iowa, right. really. Even when they re-canvass, I don't think anyone's going to trust those results. And I was listening somewhere that like because you, like you said, they didn't expect anyone to actually have to call in. There were 12 people managing the phones. Insane. I actually wanted to pull a clip. I saw this happen live. This is um, a this is someone who's a precinct chair getting hung up on while they're trying to call in their results live on Wolf Blitzer. We're going to play that. The precinct secretary out there. What can you tell us about this delay in getting any results, Sean? Well, Wolf, I have been on hold for over an hour um, with the Iowa Democratic Party. Uh, They tried to, I think, promote an app uh, to report the results. The app, by all accounts, just, like, doesn't work. So we've been recommended to call into the hotline, and the hotline has not been responsive. Have you gotten any explanation, Sean? Sean, have you gotten any explanation at all as to what's going on? No, I have not. 
no. Uh, uh, I'm just waiting on hold and uh, doing my best to report the results from my what, precinct. What are you hearing? I know you're listening to a conversation uh, from the Iowa uh, Democratic Party. This is a real coincidence, Wolf. I just got off hold just now. So I've got to get off the phone to report the results. All right. Uh, go ahead. Report your results. Can we listen in as you report them, Sean? Yep. All right. Cool. Let's listen. All right. <laughs> okay. Hi. Hello? <laughs> they hung up on me. <laughs> they hung up on me. Okay. I've got to get back in line on oh. um, They just hung up. It's uh, so frustrating indeed. Uh, Sean, uh, we're going to stay in close touch with you. Sean Sebastian. I didn't actually watch that that until now. I saw it because I was watching, like, I don't know, just watching for the results. And I saw it happen because I was watching CNN and I was like, oh, my God, that's insane. Yeah, I do think he should have answered the phone more quickly. Yeah, for sure. Like, he shouldn't have talked to Wolf Blitzer first. He should have been like, hello, just give me one second and then talked to Wolf Blitzer. Personally, that's what I would have done. But it still stings. Right, right. So as of right now, we don't know who, we don't really know who won Iowa. It was maybe Pete Buttigieg, maybe Bernie Sanders. Uh, But this whole thing, it's just like, what a sad way to start this thing. Like, again, another piece of news that just left me feeling fucking sad. Yeah. Like everybody showed up, the voters showed up, the the campaigns put all, gave all their all into it. Like all of these Iowans came out and then the party... They can't even like make sure their app works. Right. It's not how we're going to beat Trump, people. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll hear from all the candidates tomorrow. Should we move into one more thing? Yeah, let's do it. So the next debate is tomorrow. Ah, uh, it's a New how? Hampshire. I know. How? I know. I know. Seriously. I mean, the thing is, the only silver lining is that like I'm going to be home chilling doing nothing anyway yeah so i guess i can watch it um new hampshire has its primary on february 11th so the debate will be um in manchester new hampshire at a college it will be moderated by uh george stephanopoulos david muir lindsey davis um alongside monica hernandez and adam sexton who work for a local tv station and qualified to participate are biden klobuchar warren yang sanders Buttigieg, and steyer so I'm excited to see that lineup, and then the next debate will be joined by Bloomberg, and Ugh. hopefully Yang is still still around. I know. I, I know. don't think he performed as well as he wanted in in yeah, Iowa. Yeah, it was funny. Forgive me, Yang Gang, because I thought he would do better than it looks like he did. He had like a, a like mighty crew. Like they were very. Um, you could like they they were like he was like a presence everywhere, but I don't think he ever he didn't have a lot of places where he was viable. Right. Right. All right. I think that's the end of this insane day. That's it. Um, guys, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Betches Sup newsletter, which you can you do at betches.co slash sup sign up. Tell your friends about it. Yeah. If, you tell, if you got one friend to sign up, you get a sticker. If you go to referral.betches.com, super easy. One, one friend will send you a sticker in the mail. All right, guys, until the end of democracy, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Amanda Duberman. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman. Our editor is Sean Kilby. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to Sup at Betches.com. Betches.